Hemshchayim Beis, Volume One, or the beginning of uh, Discourse um, Twenty Nine, Shalom Nafshi. And we are, <coughs> we began the chapter, and I'll just uh, sum it up and continue. Maybe I'll just read from the beginning of the chapter again. Chapter Kufyut Gimel, One Thirteen, Page Reshut Ches Two Eighteen. So we're in the middle of discussion of of Lovan and Yaakov, Yaakov and Lovan. The Yaakov Hakomis Hamatseva, basically. That he lifted up the stone and made it into a pillar, monument. The significance of that act. As we said, myself a similar bonim, I gave a long introduction about that and explained it. Basically, Yaakov was doing that, at that act he was lifting up Malchus from its fallen state, the Nikud of Malchus, as it's a spark that's concealed in Bia or even in, in, in Atzilis. Because if you remember, he said there are two interpretations of what this Evan is. It's an Akuda, which means a point, but is it a point in Atzilis being the last sphere in Atzilis that has no light of its own? And Yaakov Mamshech, he drew into it the energy of the higher spheres. It's one interpretation. And the second interpretation, which was the one really we were covering in the last few chapters, how Malchus enters in Biyah, and the avoid of that is really how the Neshama gets concealed, and anim- the divine soul gets concealed in the animal soul. And all the concealment that we get comp- we get distracted by Elam Hazar, by the material world, and by Parnosa things, and all that. And Yaakov's avoid is to lift it up. And we spoke about the different uh, the different elements, what that Nekudah is. Is it faith? Is it uh, the Rachimim Rabim from above, God's Awakening us, but the bottom line, Yaakov's Aveda is to lift up that Malchus as it's concealed in Biyawat. Naveda that means how the Neshama, the divine soul, is concealed and trapped in the the hostage. Remember, we said hostage. Semech Neflim. So Semech Neflim. After Asurim is the idea of Yaakov's freeing the stone from Elam Hazah, from the material confines, and turning it into a Matseva. So Malchus becomes a Patsuf. That's now. This chapter is going back now, I believe, to how Malchus is in Atzilus. Because that's how you lift it from how it's concealed under the garments, beneath the garments of Biyah. Now, of course, love, the antithesis of Yaakov wants to conceal it further. He wants to block it all out. That it should be, not only, not only should it not, not elevate, it shouldn't, it shouldn't even stay where it is. It should be completely concealed. No bit, he wants, that's Lovin's uh, uh, challenge. So now he's continuing this, this, uh, this story. And um, just to go back, okay. And what and what did Yaakov? What, what does Yaakov do? He transmits into Malchus. We spoke how first way he transmits into Malchus the, the way it's concealed in Biyah, how it is in Atzilus. And we said even the MS, even the Bligvul, even the Erpinim of Atzmi, that's even higher. Because remember, we've learned that in order to go lower, you have to go higher. In order to bring it down, spoke about the king when the time of Asimcha. He has to, to, to. He expresses himself even to the simple people who hear in words. They hear it in words. They don't fully understand, but they're getting a higher revelation, because in order to, for for the nekuda of malchus, for the point of malchus to become an entity, you need to reach deeper. If you remember the primius of radlah, not just the chetzenius of radlah. Now that's a summary, more or less, what we said. Now he continues, and I, I won't do the opening mind, but we did that already. Um, but the only, the only thing that's just continuing, he says, okay, so that was also Bar, uh, the Shema compared to Baruch Shomar. I'm just, you know, the Dal Rapsi. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So he brings in the Kayachadib, which causes the bitle of the Nivraim. That's what Yaakov does. Now he continues, Kufid Gimel. So I'll start from the beginning of the chapter. Now Pardis Erech Matseva, as we said, he's recording a lot from the Pardis in these chapters, Evan Sapir and so on, which of course we're getting back to. This whole thing is all part of the discussion of the Vushim garments versus containers, and ultimately that the containers become transparent channels for the energy. So he says, the Pardis Erech Matseva, in the entry on the word Matseva, Kosov Kiamalchus Bi Yesemi Chadesimatferes Nikre Matseva. So you see right away now he's talking already Malchus is, is united with the Ferris of Atsilas. Since then, before we're talking about Malchus in Biyah, there's an Evan and he makes it a Matseva to Malchus of Atsilas. Now he's saying Matseva, what, when you say Matseva, it's Malchus as it unites with Tiferes. That's called a Matseva. So Malchus is the stone. When it unites with Tiferes, it becomes a pillar. Now Tiferes, of course, is also the middle rod. Remember, Malchus also goes like. Das, Teferis, Yisod, Malchus. So there's the concept of Yichud, Teferis, and Malchus. Sometimes Yichud, Zun, more specifically, is really Yichud, Teferis, and Malchus. That's just the Kabbalistic terms. That's why it's related to Yaakov. Yaakov is the one that does it, because he's Teferis. So he's lifting Malchus and connecting it to Teferis. So Malchus on its own, in other words, is like, think of it as a new moon, has very little light and energy, even though it's not Silas and all that. And Yaakov is connecting it to first. V'cheinu b'zeir pashoneir dafayim beis beis. Same thing says in Zeir, page in Noyach 72b. Al posuk v'even hazeshes asamti matzeva. On the posuk, even hazeshes, on this stone that I placed as a matzeva, that I marked as a as a pillar. My matzeva, the have a nefila v'ukim la. What's matzeva, the Zeir says? What means the pillar? He says, because there was a fall, there was a fall. Something had fallen, for Ukimla. And 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 he uh, and uh, he lifted it, he raised it. And then what did he do next? Like the Pasuk says, the Yatsik Shem and Al Raisha. He anointed it. He poured oil on the top of the stone. So the Zerah continues, the Habi Yaakov Talya Milsa, because in Yaakov the thing is dependent. The Ma'avid Yatir Mibne Alma to accomplish more than the regular citizens of the world, the people of the world do. So Yaakov is, in other words, achieving and transmitting and drawing down energies that the regular, the world does not on its own do that. Okay. In Zayar it looks like, and he explains this, This is the idea of Shlema sitting on his kisei, on his, on his throne. Right. Which means his Malchus was very strongly established, very well established. What does that mean? That means that the moon was Kaima was was complete. The moon was was uh, reached its fulfillment. That's what the Zayar says. In other words, when it says that that Shlema's kingdom was was intact, his his kingship his kingship was very strongly based. It means because the Giluyim were there. You had the full moon. Full moon is Malchus. And it's maturity. Uh, yeah, essentially. He, he doesn't say the word, but that's, he says the Zayar is alluding to the same idea. Yeah, no. A lot about yeah, but I don't know if that would be the claim. <laughs> like it says in Zayar Chelekalov, 243a, the bottom. If he came up, if he I'm oh, sorry, sorry. 
And the raising of this stone. In this manner, this is specifically through Yaakov, as we shall explain. So Yaakov is the one that lifts it up to this level. Now interestingly here, you see he's going back to the Pasuk of the beginning of Bayetze. The first time he lifts the stone. Because the Vayasik Shemen didn't happen later when they made the when they made the mar- the boundary between Lovan and Yaakov. This is back to Avevan Hazes. Yeah, yeah. This is talking about the Vayishak. What are you talking about? Vayasik Shemen is Vayishlach. Al Resha is right after Vevan Hazes. So in the beginning of Pasha Vayetze. There's another Matzeva. But this is the beginning of Pasha Vayetze. Yes, it is. Look, I, I looked. He left that Matzeva there and he made another Matzeva, or did he carry the wood? This is the beginning of Vayetze, as opposed to the one at the end of with Lava. Where's the third one? Now, where, where he goes with okay, but that's something that's not related here at all. You look at the beginning of Vayetze? I'll show it to you. It's right in the beginning of Vayetze. It says, Vayetze Shama Resha. Where are we here? Vayitzik Shamal Aresha. Vayitzik Shamal Aresha. Yeah, but is he talking about that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Because it's connected to the, the whole... He said, sure. It's a follow-up from there. Yeah. Right here, this one. The third is you saying in, 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 in Parsha Vayeshev. Let me see the third one. Okay. So this is all but Paul Yaakov. Let me see the third one if you don't mind. This is not what he's talking about. This is not what he's talking about. No. 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 First of all, it says Vayitzik Aleha Shemen. Yitzhak Shem al is only in Vayetze. But this is also about after that. I'm saying the Lushan here, yeah, no, it, it, suddenly he's stuck in Vayishlach, he's no, talking the... Pa- talk about and, and, uh, yeah, he's not, but he's, he's going back to Evan Hazes, he's speaking Evan Hazes from Vayetze. He, he's, not, he didn't speak, he's not talking about Esau anymore now. He's talking here for sure the Matzeva Vayetze. Look, Vayitzhak Shem al that only says in uh, Vayetze. To whom is he, why did he do it here? Look, if you learn the Terer of every week, you know, in Vayetze, all this whole thing is discussed, Vayetze and the whole Shaman. Yeah, okay, so. So even if. Huh? Good. Um, anyway, this is, he's going back, this is whole discussion, this is all still Pasha Vayetze. It's, it's Lovin and Yaakov, that's the key thing here. So now he continues. So this is, so he just established Matseva means connected to the Malchus to Teferis. And he brought the Zehar. <coughs> This is what Yaakov accomplishes. 
and similar to the full moon, the idea of the full moon that was in the time of Shleim HaMelech. So now he explains now what does the full moon mean? This Indian of Kaimis Mission was the says in Zayar, that the moon is full. What is this? Okay, so just physically, a new moon, you don't see any light because it's not reflecting the light of the sun, because the angle where we see the moon, we see nothing. When the moon is born, it begins. The, the cycle. When it reaches a full moon, it's the opposite. The full moon is the full reflection. So the whole moon is shining to us. And we see a full moon. So he says what that is in Ruchnius, that the Mereb Malchus, entire Malchus is radiating with, with air. And the moon represents Malchus. Yeah. Gam Also in the lower five spheres. So in other words, there's ten spheres in every level. There's ten spheres in Malchus as well. means that the moon is also shining. The lower five spheres is also filled with light. Whereas when there's no light of the moon coming to earth, those five spheres are darkened. They're there, but they're dark. Okay, so think of it like this. When the moon has that light, the five lower spheres then also radiates to us that light. So think of the moon as the recipient of the sun. And we're the recipients of the moon. So the moon is receiving in a revealed way in its five lower spheres. Then, of course, the next level also receives it. So it radiates also in Biyah, which is what we're talking about, Malchus, how it's not silas. If it's not silas, it's receiving what it needs to receive. It will receive what it will be giving to Biyah, what it needs to be given. If it's not silas, it's concealed. It's definitely going to be concealed in lower levels. Clear? Okay. Because now the ten spheres divide in general to two general levels. What are they? The five higher spheres, meaning that he's going to say, and the five lower spheres. What are these five and five? So the five higher is Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, and Das breaks into two. Chesed and Gvura. So you have five. Keser, Chachma, Bina, and Das has the Chesed of Das and the Gvura of Das. So you have the five higher ones. What's the five lower ones? Primis Chesed. V'teferes ha'kel chitzenius Chesed and Gvura. Unihi. And the lower one is Teferis, which also breaks into two. It has the Chitzenis of Chesed and Gvura, the, the outer part of Chesed and Gvura, then you have Netzach so again, five. The two parts of Teferis and the Netzach Yeah, this is clearly different than usually you hear about ten spheres, because there's ten and not nine, ten and not eleven. Here, clearly, it's not counting Malchus, because Malchus in this context is the recipient. Malchus is the Levana. So there's ten levels higher than Malchus in this context. Really doesn't count either. Huh? Really doesn't count either. It does. Yeah, okay, fine. But, that, but that's but that's like when you count the Shvatim. Once you count Ephraim and Manasseh, you don't count Yosef. 
Yeah, no, no, I, I wouldn't say this is another order of ten spheres because at the end of the day it will become eleven, which cannot be. He's talking about the ten, basically, he's talking about these spheres in general break into two categories because this is relevant to the moon and so on. So let's see what he says. So now we got to go understand what this means. Let's just technically dissect this. It means like this. Like you, sometimes you hear about the Dalit Batim of Tfilin, the Dalit about Tfilin Sharosh. Because Das, so it's usually it's Gimel Meichen. So how is that Dalit Meichen? You've heard of the idea of the shin that has three heads, and there's the shin with four tops. So that's like with Tfilin, you have the Tfilin breaks, the Gimel Meichen can break the Chachem Bina Das, but sometimes it breaks the Das, breaks into two, because Das gives birth to Chesed and Gvura. So there's so, so to speak, Das has an element of, but the premise of Chesed and Gvur, because it's not emotions yet, it's intellect. So the premise of Chesed and premise of Gvur. And Das loses its identity, cause, right? Oh, it's not necessarily. It's, das has these two things. Yeah, I mean, to say you don't count Das and Das. Das has like Chesed within Das and Gvur within Das, like that type of thing. It says Das breaks into two, basically. Like I said, like, like Yosef. Um, it. Remember, the spheres are not physical entities. They're spiritual entities, and they have many dimensions to them. Even in Das itself, you have three, four things in Das at work. Chachma have many things at work. Same thing with Chesed and Gvur. There's no such thing as just it's one thing. A sphere is a very complex entity within itself. And besides the fact, you could say, what do you mean Das has Chesed and Gvur? Everything has Chesed and Gvur. So there's also Chesed Sheba Chachma. There's Gvur Sheba Chachma. But there's something unique about Das because it gives birth to, to Chesed and Gvur that it has a closer relationship to it. Doesn't really explain it here. In other places, it's explained. Same thing with Teferis. Teferis has its own entity, but there's an element of Teferis that is a conglomerate that we're going to learn now. A uh, basically a fusion of Chesed and Gvur. It's the balance. Chesed says give. Gvur says withhold. Teferis reconciles. Chesed is let's say white. Gvur is is red. Teferis is beauty. It mixes the two, or blue and red. However, you can't see. So he goes like this. Green sometimes. No, it's first not necessarily yellow. It says Yarek, but Yarek can mean So in a lot of places it's translated as yellow. There's different explanations of Teferis, but Teferis is usually rainbow more, actually. Rainbow. When all the colors are equal white. That, okay. So now he's going to explain out Teferis. What is Teferis? He says, Teferis is a shnei mitzius. Now, Tiferes has two, um, two, I guess, aspects, mitzis, two ways it uh, manifests, two manifestations, I would say. Ha'echad mitzis atzma, how it is on its own, Tiferes was as a sphere of its own, shalamayla miskalos chesed That's beyond, higher than the interconnection of chesed and gvura. Ba'abeiz, mashakalalos chesed gvura. And the second thing Tiferes has, that it connects them. It Kalelis is like encompasses it. Yeah, it's it, it curled them both. It's something like, um, I mean, I, just to give a little explanation, for example, Teferis is sometimes the, the Machria, right? We say like the two verses, they contradict each other. These are all features of Teferis. So the mediator has an entity on his own. He's not just his whole Messiah is not just being a mediator. But then there's how he plays the role where he's finding a way to reconcile between two. So Teferis has its own personality and then it has its personality as it's reconciling 
and combining Chesed and Gvura, the right balance of it. It would be like Shammai's Gvura coming to you and Hill coming to you and Teferis coming to a type of combination. Like it says in Pardis, Gate 1, Chapter 2, that there's these two things in Teferis. It's all relevant because he's saying that the lower five spheres is Teferis as includes Chest and Gvura. So he's saying this is not Teferis itself, it's Teferis as it's encompassing the two. And this is the Indian of Moshe within and Yaakov without. Gav, the Gav, and Labad in Aramaic, the Gav means, let's say, if you have someone inside the house, and someone outside the house would be, the Gav would be on this side, Labad that. The expression is used very often. The Gav is always more inner, like from the inside, and Labad means always, Braisa comes from that word, Braisa, that it's outside of the mission. Bar. Bechutz. Bechutz. So what do we have? Moshe Melagav Yaakov Melabar. Which means Moshe was Teferis and Yaakov were Teferis. Moshe was Teferis from within, meaning Primus Teferis. And Yaakov is Melabar, taking Teferis and take, carrying it downward, meaning the Chetzenius of Chesed and Gvur. And more specifically, these are two types of hiskalus. So right now he said the first level of Teferis is not even hiskalus, it's just a separate personality. Second one is where it combines Chesed and Gvori. He says in more detail, there's really two types of Shiesh B'Teferis. In Teferis there's two types of hiskalus, two types of... Let me say something about hiskalus. Hiskalus is a very important word in Chesedis, because hiskalus is usually used in context of hiskalus. Hiskalkus means division. Hiskalus means interconnectivity. The key thing with Hiskalus that many people misunderstand, Hiskalus is not, is not per se unity. It's not eliminating the, the, the divisions. It's not separating between entities. It's making them work together. So it's really cohesiveness. Harmony within diversity is far better word. That's Hiskalus. So one would be Yem Echad, it says, there's Yem Echad, not Yem Rishon, because only thing was was dominated was godliness was around. If not Simpsum, you can't call it Iskalos. If not Simpsum, before Simpsum, all you could say is a oneness dominates. Then came day two, and there was two was created, a split. The higher heavens, the lower heavens, the higher waters, the lower waters. Day three, Yem Shlishi, the double good is Shalom, Ardus. Shalom and Ardus always means that everyone's involved. But it's now a reconciled situation. So in Toihu is the classic world of Ischalkus. Ten spheres, ten oiras, ten energies, ten containers. There's no... right. So it's like, think of it like the organs in the body. They're all intact, but they, they don't communicate with each other. Then in Ischalkus is you have the distinctions. But you have now a captain of the ship, a director, a choreographer that tells everybody, here's your role, work together. Perfect Iskalos is actually the ecosystem, the human system. A healthy body is a perfect example of Iskalos. Nature is a perfect example of Iskalos. So you really have like three stages. There's Echad, or Yochid even you could say, oneness, division, Iskalos, then Iskalos. In the spheres, it works Chesed, is like one, Gvur is divider, Gvur is breaks things down. And Teferis is the united. That's why you find always you find this principle everywhere. Chodesh Nisan is Chesed, Ir is Gvura, Sivan is Teferis. Teferis is Amat and Teira. 
So in Sivan, in Ir, in uh, Nisan, you have the Giluyim miracles. They come from above. It's like in Ir is the work Gvura. Step by step, you count every day Sfira details. Then comes the fiftieth day, and unites it all. Mount Terah is a shalom that makes shalom between heaven and earth. You'll have this principle everywhere in the days, in the years, in the months. Always these numbers, one, two, three. A lot of it in the Rebbe Sichas you see always, these three steps in every process. In our relationships also is this way. You're born as an individual. You develop yourself till you become, you're separate from others. And then comes a point where a person comes to marriage and you have two people, distinct entities, become one. So you have the idea of, they're right, the same idea. Um... So now he's going back. So he says there's, that in the scholars itself, there's two types. Yes, bitves. Echad is scholars the chesed gvora shenesin mokim zelaza. One is a scholars chesed gvora where they tolerate each other. They leave room for one another. The hainurak must shesevim zelaza. They leave room for one another, which means they only tolerate each other, but they don't become one. Tolerance doesn't mean oneness. Doesn't mean Total coordination. It's better than machlaikas, and it's better than just two separate entities that don't communicate. But here, there's tolerance, there's a leaving room. Vabez is a deeper that they actually receive from one another. To the point that you cannot even be, find where's the beginning, where's the top, and where's the bottom, where's the head, and where's the end. Like, for example, someone say a body. Of course, yes, the ratio is here, the regular is down here. But if you really think about it, someone say, what's the most important part? It depends. God forbid, an affection of the toe can affect the whole body in the worst possible way. In other words, there's a certain scholars where it becomes everything, becomes, you don't really, we're not, we're not, you don't say you're a sum of parts. You're one entity that's made up of parts. So the one is, is the, the scholars. So that's where the ratio So the, the organs in the body don't just tolerate each other. They don't just leave room for another, they actually work with each other. Each one gives to the other, each one receives from the other. That's in a healthy balance. If the world was this way, that's Mashiach, by the way. Harmony within diversity. You have all the nations, you have all the distinctions, but everybody's playing their role, they all give and take from each other. It sounds so beautiful. Why can't we handle, figure that out? Okay, but why can't it spill over a few more steps? Do you have any reason for this? Doesn't make any sense. Blood vetzer gisna b'shalom v'zayin. Blood will spill, but peace there will reign. There's no problem. People tell me whenever I ask them this question, they say, I have no problem. If people just realize that I was right, they'd have Mashiach. That's it. So everybody thinks they're right. That's the one little problem. Why can't the other side see that? <laughs> Too many generals. I read in the Sikh of Friedrich Rebbe recently, Tafshin, he says that there are that there are armies where even the generals, I'm sorry, he says the problem today is that soldiers think they're generals. He says, we need an army where the generals know that they're soldiers. Even the generals know that they're soldiers. Right. He says, he says, Okay.
God. God. Never trust man. In God we trust. Okay, so there's two levels of his scholars into Fetus. By the way, it just reminded me a few pages ago. So, for example, the world of Akudim is is the oneness. There's ten spheres in one keli, ten energies in one keli. So that's like that oneness dominates there. In Schalkus happens in Tayu, ten, ten spheres, ten energies in ten containers. And then Iskalos comes in Atsilus, in Brudim. So Akudim, Akudim, and Brudim could also be seen as least. But you could also look at Akudim because it has ten spheres. Uh, it's ten energies, but it's one container, so really one, it's one personality, really. It's one personality that dominates. Yes, it's, of course, it's not completely, obviously, higher than Atsilus, than Akudim. But relative to Brudim, it would be like a state. Akudim is like where the, where the faculties are still in the, in the Etzem Hanefesh. Nukudim is where they become distinct, and, and Vrudim is where they work together. Later, he talks about this at length in the Nayim Beis. Okay. Like it's known and explained elsewhere. So, bottom line, what did he say here? He was saying that Teferes has two sides to it one that includes Chetzenis Chesten Gvura, and one that it's on its own. But he said now, really, more specifically, one where Chesten Gvura are there, they tolerate each other, another where they become. One. So I'm not really sure which is which. Because this appears that the Ferris has Chesed either way. The question is whether Chesed are distinct entities that just leave room for one another, or they become like a complete symbiotic thing. Not sure. Maybe it's a third level. And this higher level, the Ferris has it, where you can't even see distinguished between higher and lower, it's like Das. Which means it's not the way we spoke. Of. See, we talk about the, the five higher spheres, the five lower spheres. We're talking about Teferis as it affects Chetzenius Chesed This, when Teferis is on its higher level, the way it's on its own, or the way it encompasses them, that everything becomes one, then it's like Das. And the first type of Vizkalos, where Chesed and Gvura are there, and they tolerate each other, they leave room for another, that's the Chetzenius of Teferis. So that's how Teferis. So in other words, Teferis itself can sometimes fit into the five higher spheres or can fit in the lower spheres. Here, in this structure, we're talking about Teferis as it fits in the lower ones because it's talking about the lower dimension of Teferis. Where Chesed and Gvura just are there, but they don't become like one. But the, the, where Teferis is more like Das, that's the five higher spheres, that's where Das dominates. And Das has Chesed and Gvura completely united. So that's the five higher spheres. What's the problem with that? You're trying to fit this to something else you learned? This, from this, Kaylee, we learned that the genius the, 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 the of a Kaylee is what it's, it's receiving the, the wine and it's pouring to it. Next is Chetzalias. It seems like it's flipped on this case. I'm not sure what you mean. What do you we mean? We learned that Chetzalias, I mean, I learned from you, from the Ayn Beis, the Chetzalias. The the the, the, the of a keli is when it receives stuff from above, it receives the wine, uh, let's say, and when it pours out to somebody else, that's a chitzonius of a keli. In this case, when we're talking about teferis, we're talking uh, chitzonius is when it's relating up. And uh, no, 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 no. Where did you get that chitzonius is relating? Chitzonius is relating down. The five lower spheres, yeah. 
Teferis has, think of it like, first of all, everything has a primis and consenius. So Teferis is a sphere that comes after Chesed and Gvura. So the primis of Teferis relates up, it's like Das. The Chetzenius of Teferis relates down to, it's basically the Chetzenius of Chesed and Gvura. How many phones does this guy have? Mysterious. Okay. Says for Salganus and this answer is a Tachtenus. Fine. He's just explaining, he wants to really explain the moon, the moon is made up of these two elements. The moon has the five, the Malchus has the five higher spheres and has the five lower spheres. We'll see where it's going now. So this was just a somewhat of an explanation in understanding the five lower spheres. And the five higher spheres is Das that encompasses the primis of Chesling Vura. And the five lower spheres is Teferis encompassing the Chesenius of Chesling Vura. Just to make sure I'm right about that. Yeah, yeah, very good. No, I don't know where you, that doesn't say such a thing. Why? It's it's two. Di- there's five higher spheres. There's five lower spheres. No, the higher one is Das. Doesn't have Teferis. He says the primis of Teferis is like Das, but the five, the five higher spheres is Chachma, Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, which breaks into Chesed That's the five higher. The five lower is Teferis, Netzach, Chayid it? He to explain what that means, we went off somewhat a little detail. He's going now back to the topic of the five and the five. We now just he's wanted to explain how this Teferis works, how this Chesed Gvura works. How Teferis has both sides really. So, but we talk now about lower. Yeah. So Moshe really, uh, Moshe is not really discussed here. Here really, we're really talking about Yaakov. Yaakov is the discussion here. Moshe is Das actually. He's like the upper half of Teferis. But as far as our discussion here, the five lower spheres start with Teferis. The five higher spheres end with Das. Okay, that's basically. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Let's, let's see here. So from this we know, now we understand a new thing. Not just that there's higher and lower, that the high, higher, the five higher spheres are in general primis aspheres. They're more an inner dimension of the spheres. The high spheres are tachtenis, and the lower spheres are more the chitzenis. That's why teferis and the lower is dealing more with the external expression. He's not really explaining what means primis chitzenis. Usually in Chabad chitzenis, you don't just say words. We're just reading now. You know, we're just uh, technical. So you have to understand really what does primis aspheres mean chitzenis aspheres. So just briefly to say something so it should be a little more palatable, logical. It's similar to what you mentioned, primis chitzenis generally means that every entity has its outer expression and it has what's called its inner soul. So primis chitzenis could even be a general expression between Eir and Keli. In a way, he's not saying it, but the Hespheris Salyanis, you could say, is really more the Eiris of the Spheris. And the, and the lower five spheres are more the kalim of the spheres. But we did say something similar earlier. Remember, in Misper, he said there's kalim in the whole ten spheres. But Malchus is where it dominates. 
Because as the energy gets weaker, the kalim dominate more. So generally, air and keli is also a primis and chansenius. But not really, because air is always, a personality is air, and keli is always personality, identity. But if you break it into general terms, you could say that the air, the ideas on this page, is a primis of this page, and the words on the page is the chansenius of the page. You know, or, for example, you could say, uh, when you see a tear come out of someone's eye, you could say that's the chitzenius of an emotional feeling. The premius is the feeling. The tear is just an expression of it. So the spheres also work this way. So bottom line is Malchus has in it, or has, like anything like this, so there's the five higher, we call the five inner, and basically in the five outer, if you want to put it that way. I mean, it's usually, that's not usually how we talked about it, but we talk Eris and Kalim and so on, but he's, that's always explaining now these two, these two sets of spheres. The five inner or higher are inner, five outer more, which is also, by the way, another thing a lot of people are, have asked me: What exactly is not a chayyusod in midas? You know, I mean, I did a book in, in, in the Omer book, but sometimes it says not chayyusod is just chesed gvur teferis on more action level. The chesed gvur teferis is more the primius of the midah. So love is chesed, the, the feeling of love. Netzach would be more how love manifests itself in a more of a. It's a more action-oriented, more actionable love, essentially. And Hoyd is actionable Gvura, and Yesod is actionable Teferis. That's one way it's explained. Now they also, Netzach and Yesod have their own unique thing. Netzach means ambition, or, or drive, or, or endurance, or power, or victory. Hoyd is humility, and, and Yesod is foundation and connection. But there's that element as well, that Netzach and Yesod sometimes is like the outer Chesed Gvura Teferis, with Chesed would be more the inner but even when it comes to the say chachma bina dash, you have chetzenius chachma, you have primius chachma. We've learned this. Chetzenius bina, primius bina. So it's always important to know that every level always has um, an outer and an inner. Fine. Now it goes on. Kashem shares beis madregus Just like we have these two dimensions, an inner and an outer, five higher, five lower, five inner, five outer. All the essence spheres, every sphere itself, Kamay Kain, Hubachol Sphere Bafrat. Same thing, every sphere has what I just said, two dimensions. The He Sphere is the five spheres, the higher five spheres in the sphere, let's say in Chesed, or Chachma for that matter. That's its, the, the inner dimension of it. The He Sphere is And the five outer spheres is the uh, five um, lower spheres is the Chetzenius of that particular sphere. So you see spheres themselves, when you start dissecting them like atoms, have subatomic particles. Every sphere has subatomic spheres, so to speak, sub-spheres. So chesed is not just chesed. For chesed to be complete, it needs to have chesed and gvura and teferis and netzachet. So what would be chachma bina, that's all, keser, keser, chachma bina, and das. In chesed would be the inner so-called soul of chesed, of love. And teferis, netzachet, yusod, with, with the first breaking into two and das breaking into two, is so-called the outer dimension of love. So if you looked at love and looked at it, you'd see its outer expression, you'd see its inner soul. That's how he's saying. So every sphere has these two dimensions. Look, he's breaking further down the whole spirit thing. Yeah, so really getting into, um, it's becoming true DNA. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's uh, beautiful because it breaks even further. And you can, you really break it down, you actually can break it down to every act a person does Every one type of our behavior, every feeling we have, is a mixture 
of Chesed Gvurit the first Netzachay Yisrael Malchus. I mean, as I said, the Sefer Seimer book I did, I began, I, I, you know, I laid out what they are, the first step, meaning the Gvurit Shabachesed, Tefer Shabachesed, and so on. But if you really break it down, you could have a complete map of a human being's a spiritual genome of, of the whole psyche of a human being. And literally, you can know every time you do something, you can identify where, where is it coming from. It doesn't mean healthy or not healthy is another story. But we all have all these things. In other words, is our chesed, missing gvura, teferes, netzachet, yisrael, malchus, how strong is it? And this can be in clip or in gedusha, either way. But you can really break it down. Like you see, you can almost like say, someone says to you, here's the problems I'm dealing with. And, and a, someone who understands this will say, the problems you're dealing with, this is basically your netzach, of your hoid, of your teferes, is weak. And we need to give you a vitamin. Because when you break it down, that's where you heal. You can't just say, my life isn't working, or something, I have a problem. What, let's, let's find where it is. Is it here or is it there? So it's mamish like the Rambam says, just like there's medicine that diagnoses or deals with localized issues on a physical level, the same thing is spiritually. It's localized. It's not just a general problem. You can identify, and you can see it many times. You can see it, uh, if, you have, if you study it, you can realize... Where is the strength? Where is the weakness? So this issue, this discussion here is extremely relevant because you really want to be able to identify where a person's issues are and where the strengths and weaknesses and so on. So it would be great to map out if you could have a map. What do you look like on this sphere picture? You know, let's say you have, we'll take you, we'll, we'll, we'll make a sphere, the same thing, how you, what the spheres look like. And then, of course, there's Atzillus, where it's a perfect sin, and then how it comes, a distortion. So imagine. Yeah. No, no, we'll make it even with, you can make it with colors and sizes. So if your chesed is, is like far too disproportionate to gvura, so the chesed will be big, and your gvura will be like that, or the opposite. And then you have different shapes. The chesed, is it a perfect circle? Is it crooked? You know, you can have a, a very interesting uh, images. What do they call them? Um, archetypes. Diagrams. Yeah, that would be nice, huh? So here, Dr. Lang, here's your uh, uh, your profile, your spiritual profile. Uh, that, would be, that would be cool. No, and then then you look of how do where do we then what do we work on? Okay, you know. I mean, like one of the most basic examples is love and love and discipline is an easy one to understand. The other ones are more complicated a bit. You see, people, we all we all have the perfect balance of when, how much to give and how much to withhold. It's very difficult to determine. As a parent, for example, when do you give in to your child? When do you not give in? You know, most children are spoiled to some extent. Not so terrible. You know, some people have just too much gvura, and there's almost no chesed or very limited flow. So it's all about you know, when do you say yes? When do you say no? When do you use the gas? When the brakes? And you'll see many, many problems. The same, not also just with parents and children. It could be with spouses, it can be with friends, and so on. And you could un- end up seeing that a lot of people have a lot, a lot of chesed. Coming from very good intentions, end up getting used, abused, and because they didn't have enough gvura. And then there are people who go the other way around. Too much gvura and less chesed. So you could literally identify right there in a relationship. Some people love very, very well, but they just don't know when to stop. Or they don't know how to measure the containers of the person who's receiving the love. You can then flood them and overwhelm them, like we learned. Or a teacher. A teacher could be a brilliant teacher, but just doesn't know when to stop. On and on and on. And then there's those that don't know when to start. And they don't barely hear anything from them. So, obviously, the proper balance is the key. I mean, it can be used in everything. In communication, 
Megala Tefach, Mechasad Fachayim, you know, you reveal a little, you conceal double. It's all about a, it's a process of how you um, transmit in appropriate fashion. Okay. So now we go, so we, now we said in every sphere is also. Well, Kamoykei, now he's going back. This is all an explanation. It's to understand Kaimasir Bashlamus. He wants to understand what means a full moon. When you say full moon, yeah, we just look up in the sky, it's a full moon. Great. Full moon is a lot more than that. Full moon is going to say now, of course, that the lower five, the outer, are illuminated. So same thing Malchus breaks into breaks down into the high five higher spheres. That's the primius of Malchus. And the five lower spheres. Interesting, he says on the lower ones. And the higher he says it's primius. The lower ones, he says, in general, it's chetzenius, which means that sometimes the lower can also not be just a, just a little... Uh, you know, everything is bedir, because it's unbelievable. What? doesn't leave any stone unturned, this Rebbe. Yeah, he's relentless. Relentless pursuit of perfection. He does not... Does not up. Uh, this is the beginning, my friend. We're just beginning to get into the ocean. He didn't write every word. No, since Ksaviyat Kotche, this is Guf Ksaviyat Kedish of the Rebbe Rashab. Not one Hanochi, everything he wrote. He wrote not only that, he, four times he edited this. No, 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 no. And then they wrote it. No, no, that's Toshol. This is Mama's Guf Ksaviyat Kedish. They have it in the Rebbe. He wrote it before he said it, no? Yeah. And then, then when he said, he wrote, everything is written here. There's very few Mamar from the Rebbe Rashab that we don't have from him. Sir. All the Rabbeim wrote everything that they said. There's only a few times that we don't have what they wrote. What they wrote. And sometimes they didn't write, but very rare. The Rebbe is the other way around. The Rebbe spoke primarily and re- wrote very little. Sichus, that is, Mamar. He edited. But, uh, but there, here's, here's, oh, this is Mamish word for word, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're learning here that the Rebbe wrote it for you, Ramesh. You understand? He, was, he sat with his quill and word. Here's a picture. Here, look at the image here. Look in the back. This is, oh, this is all. This is Xaviat Kotche. This is the picture. Look at page, uh, the back, back of the page. This is it. It wasn't that he used the ink and quill. I saw it. I saw the Xaviat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, that's how they did the best writing that way. It's very precise writing. If you do it well, it's better than a pen. I don't know how to do it, but uh, those that if you, once you master it, it's very, very good. Interesting thing. I just was. Fidgreb also in Kinkul. He also had the Rebbe Shab also had. Sometimes they wrote with a pencil because you can't always travel with it. But but generally speaking, most of Fidgreb also did. It's beautiful when you see in Kinkul. You see some Chazalik's handwriting is, is is gorgeous. You can never get that with a pen. It's art. Even the best pens, yeah. A pen is efficient. And no good does, but, but no, it doesn't come close. A kink and quill is like nothing comes close to it. Artists. An artist. I have... I have No, this was the Hanukkah. Afterwards, someone rewrote what he said, and then the Zebrashab adds. What you're looking is his additions. The middle is not him. Maitik im hagos of the Zebrashab. My tikkun, my tikkun. Afterwards, he would give it to my tik. 
Meaning he would give it to people who would copy it over. There were no copying machines. Yeah, the Rebbe Shab is also quite beautiful. The Samach Tzedek is probably the most of all the Rebbeim. Very, very beautiful. Anime. But the one that wrote this very, one uh, very clear. I, uh, no, the Rebbe is... Uh, but, the Rebbe, but the Rebbe wrote, when he wrote slower, it's quite nice also. You see the things that he wrote. Very, very unique. You see a lot in the writings. You see, the Alter Rebbe was not as nice as... Because he wrote fast. He wrote very fast. That's why. I wrote. I, I worked with it every day. So it was fast. When the Rebbe wrote it slow, it was, when he wanted to write... It was about, sometimes he wrote in the car even. So it was wow. it was like hard to read. No, but the, those I I can read the Rebbe's handwriting. On, on the, I'm, I'm very you know to, I'm very proficient. Yeah, in that. It's not that for at all. And generally, I worked with Kisveyad. Rabbi Shmuel Sefer was the main writer. You see, Teres Chaim, the Rebbe Marash's Mamarim, the first editions, is a handwriting. It's in handwritten. Right. That's beautiful handwriting. Rabbi Rashab's first came out in this, no? No. Yeah, but that was not the Rebbe Rashab's handwriting. No, it was a Maitik. Yeah. They were Maitik. I have a, I have a graphic artist that works for us. She does everything with a, with a paint brush. She doesn't do it with a quill, but with brush. When she designs something, she first does it with a brush and ink before she does it in, uh, in on paper or anything. She's Russian, actually. All good artists use that because it's much more precise. You're never going to find an artist that found the perfect pen to make something. They could do, they're good. But they're always going to use because because the new sometimes a sketch not but a, a good a, the best art you have is never done with just a pen or a pencil. Well, it's a painting. Why? Because why can't they do it with uh, a well, bunch of pens, pens, right, or color or or or, or, crayon, or crayons? Of course, of course. <laughs> because it's precision. A brush and like a quill is very very precise. You get like a dot. You can't make, with a pen. You can't make a dot. There are pens today. They they copy it. You know that they. Uh, I tried it. I saw. You have to master it. But when you see the also the, the interesting thing I just read, this is fascinating. That if human beings weren't preserving anything, our books, our digital equipment, all information we have within f- fifty years would disappear. Because it's all made on even even digital is ultimately on a hard drive somewhere. It's not in outer space. The only things that are preserved are things made thousands of years ago that they etched in stone, on the walls and caves. And, and that, that, cool. they, they, in other words, what they made thousands of years ago is forever. And what we're making today is not. Like a photograph. Photograph, leave, leave it to the elements without protection, heat and humidity. And it has, a, even with protection, has a life of only 20, 30 years, 40 years. Wow. It's interesting. So they knew they, they, they knew, you know. Really, they, the photographs that you find from the 1900s, they're like nice paper. That's why they're paper. They're better, better. Uh, yeah, but also because photographs is made of chemicals, it has to at some point be subject to this. You could preserve, but photographs today—that's why they digitalize. Look at what they're doing with the rubber stuff. The films are not lasting because they're starting to fade. You know, digital could last much more, but digital also needs. Digital can last much more, obviously. But remember, the image itself is a particular superficial one. When you engrave in stone, you make an engraving in stone. That's it. It's it's there. Nothing is like engraving in stone. I don't think they'll ever find something that is as permanent. We think digital is very secure, but what's digital at the end of the day? What's digital? It's being stored somewhere. There's a fire in that in that place, and there's no copy. It's over with. Also, it's just not. It's not subject to the elements. It's true. Like weather alone is not going to just destroy well, like a photograph. But yeah, but if, for example, if a server, a Google server, suddenly there's a deep freeze, that's, 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 that's why they have so many backups. 
Yeah. But it's not. It doesn't have. It's not, it doesn't have the permanence of an etched in stone. Yeah. And he makes one or two copies. That's right. Sure. What do you think? It's okay. Here? No, no. That's why you have all the backups. Where is it? Cyberspace is in the drive. Somebody's drive. Cyberspace. Cyberspace is right between Natsilus and Bria. It's it's electronic storage, so it doesn't subject. For example, you, you, to, to see a digital image in its pure form is basically zeros and ones, but it is stored somewhere. Understand? The reason a digital a digital picture. You thought it was in space? Or you, you, no, I'm wondering. Well, answer the same question. Now you're begin. Now good. Now now you're beginning to realize. And Ruchnis is far higher than that. Let me ask you something. And where is, um, when you see a television, right? Look, you see my image in the screen there? Am I in, the, am I in there? Am I inside there? Why is every movement I make? Look, I do this. Yeah. Oh, my magic. Look. Huh? No, no, no. So how is it getting from here to there? Tell me. That's what no, no, no one. Huh? What, what reflecting? What's what he tell me reflecting? What does that mean? But listen. It could be a million miles away and watch an event as if it's happening right in your living room. How is this possible? Yeah, and how do you send the facts? I'm saying it's great. So I'm just saying to you, you have to start thinking differently. It's not it's not an image is being sent. An image is being translated into another form that is then being translated back to you in a shape. That's what's happening. When you see me, the same thing is happening. You see a reflection of light on my face. And that bounces back to you. But it's complicated. People don't know exactly how it works. It's very, very. These are these are mysteries. This is when you start thinking like this. You start. This is how you start realizing the chassidus. That's how ruchnius is. It's not physical. You have to learn how things turn turn from one entity. That's why I use many often the example of a seed. How from a a second of conception, husband and wife are together, an egg is fertilized, and then this will suddenly pop out to these crazy creatures like us looking here, sitting here. Explain to me how that happened. Not so sudden. Who cares? Who cares how long it takes? It's not time. And nine months is pretty fast. I'd like to see you do this in nine months. <laughs> Try to create the life in nine months. In nine million years, you wouldn't be able to. No, no, all of us. So it's a mystery. How does something like what? What, an egg, a seed, plant? It? I mean, what? And how, suddenly, it doesn't, we don't understand it. The only way you can understand is that you understand different life forms, so to speak. You have to understand different languages. It's not all the same level. If it's all the same level, there's no way that that this table is going to turn into an apple. It just doesn't happen. This table is not going to turn into anything for that matter. So, so you have to understand what happens. What happens if you find out that the table has within it a different for, different forces? Those forces could turn into something. I mean, it's all about understanding different states of being, basically, and more spiritual states are far more sublime. Electricity. I just saw the Rebbe writes to Shazar, very beautiful example for Yitzhak Kislev. Yitzhak um, Kislev that year, I think it was, what year was it? They first brought electricity to Kfar Chabad. What's so funny? There was once a time there was no electricity, my friend. It was in the 50s. Everywhere, yeah. And here, in the 1850s, was no electricity. So what? What's 100 years? But they didn't have it in the 50s. No, no. There was nothing. Was right. And when they brought electricity... So the first, the first time they used electricity was the Fabrengans of Yutas Kislev that year. So the Rebbe writes to Shazar, an example, he says, that electricity is chsidus. What's chsidus? He says, electricity doesn't come to add anything new. 
it's there already. But when you, when, but then suddenly you see it express itself in light and in, and in energy. So that's what chassidus is. It comes and infuses something that's there already with a deeper light that was there, but you can't see it. The electricity you can't see. Yeah. So let's continue here. Right to Gigangen. So that's good sense. But that calls sense us. The ing in the Kaimasira Bashlamusa. Now we're going to understand Kaimasira Bashlamusa, which means the moon is, 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 is reaches completion, reaches fulfillment. Now the light should be in the in the outer dimension of Malchus, which is the lower, the outer dimension, which is the lower five spheres, like it is in the Primiyas. Well, I don't know, he doesn't say that exactly, but I know what you mean. You mean to say that, he means the five higher spheres, what he technically means. He didn't say that. He said Tiferes has an element of Iskalos in its higher state. He didn't say it on the five higher spheres. But in Tiferes, in Tiferes, read, he didn't say that on the five higher spheres. He said on Tiferes, that Tiferes has that side to it. Okay. So then as we said, if Malchus is filled up with more energy than and light, then the Gili and Biyah automatically will be Gili Ermamish. You'll have a revelation. Now we may need here help here with the astronomy of this. This is the example like the moon, he's actually talking about the moon itself. Shaneda we know that the moon breaks, divides into two halves. It's two halves of the moon. Called the dark side of the moon, the light side of the moon. Chetze alien, the higher side of the moon, doesn't mean you're high necessarily physically. He means Chetze alien. Shekenegad Hashemesh, the side of the moon that is, faces the sun. Ushemeeda Tomid Mashemesh, and it's always face. it's always being, it's always, um, Receiving, it's always radiating from the sun. And the second part of the moon, so if there's a part like that that's facing the sun, there's the part that's facing us. That's connected, that's connected, that faces the chola elam means actually the planet, the earth. Chola doesn't mean this, chola means the, the body, the, planet, the, the, the sphere in this case. I know hollow means usually a hole, but uh, the space of Earth. Okay, fine, but it means it means to say we're the place that Earth, the space that Earth occupies. Let's put it this way: hollow sometimes is, is an expression just for the planet Earth, right? I mean, what, what, or you're talking about the space where the planet Earth is there. Like the emptiness, the vast emptiness. But what emptiness is there? We're talking about a planet. It's facing Earth. What emptiness? The part that's not facing. There's the dark side of the. Moon. No, but it's, we're talking about not. We're talking about hollow elam. We know the the moon. Yeah, one second. It's facing bottom line. It's facing Earth. One second. At times it shines and sometimes it doesn't shine. So in other words, this is where I, I had a little issue here because... Because there's a dark side that never is in light. Well, it could be the tale of you on how the sun and moon work is different than well, sciences. So-called half moon or a quarter moon. We're looking at a combination of the dark side and, 
Correct. Correct, correct. In other words, if you go to outer space, you can always see a full moon if you're in the right place. The question is the angle. That's how we understand it. But that's full moon. It's the same side that we will always see. We don't see it. Correct. Correct. Side, we'll never see it. Right. It's just, it's just turning. It turns. So we start seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think of it like this. Here's the, here's the moon. Here's the sun. They're always facing one another, this part. The other side of the moon is always dark. The earth is here. So if the moon is facing like that, we only see the dark side of the moon. If the moon is facing completely with full. And if it's, if it's turning, you see. You see. But, the, but, but the question is, how do you then explain what he's saying here? Here he's saying that one side of the moon is always bright. The other side is sometimes bright and sometimes not. So he can't say he means the moon itself. He means probably the angle to the earth of the moon. It doesn't necessarily mean physically. You understand what I'm asking here? You have to say he means the angle. You see what I'm saying? Because he's saying, let's, let's read it again. He says, Levon has two halves. One half that stands that's, that's across the sun, and always meidet tamid mashemish. It's always shining. Vachetzi No, then he continues. Vachetzi habeis in the second half of the moon, that one that is uh, that is facing Earth. Pamim meida, pamim meida. So this, if you read this literally, it sounds like one half is always bright. Other half is part, 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 part sometimes yes, sometimes not. For us, the other side is always dark. That's what we say, the dark side of the moon. Forget about what he says. I'm saying what he says here. What he said here, literally, is one half is always bright, another half of the moon is sometimes not and sometimes yes. I'm asking what that means. How could, what does that mean? When you take into consideration the angle to earth and that. That's probably what he means. You understand what I'm saying? You can't say this means literally. Because what does that mean? In other words, if, 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 forget about knowing any science. Let's talk pure what it says here. You could say it like this. You see the moon... Sometimes you see it in phases. Those phases is only the second half of the moon. They go through phases. The other side that's always shining, we never see. That's what it looks like here. Is that accurate? How do you explain this? How does it work? The problem is this: is that it's all a reflection of the sun. How could so, so so the side that is always reflecting the sun, we never see. How does the other side? Okay. Did you just read what we did? We read just read something. He said one half of the moon is always radiant. Okay. The other half of the moon that's facing Earth is sometimes radiant, sometimes not. Right. What does that mean to you? When you take into consideration the angle. Right. Okay, but but that's not what he said here. Here, if you read this what's literally, the, what's the, how does right? The moon work in general. Why do we sometimes? See that's the whole point. In science, you have one way, and, and it could be that in Taylor is a different way. And this may not be the way he's. I'm, I'm point, the language here is not angle. If you ask literally, I agree that's the way to explain it. We once asked the Rebbe. The Rebbe once said by Fabrengen, you know, how, how do we say this? The moon is full. Sometimes it's not full. It's always full. And the fact that it's ready to us because we're blind, so we don't see how it's full. The Rebbe said that the whole moon was created The whole purpose of the moon was to radiate the earth. So it's only relevant, it's not who cares whether the moon is full or not. It's only relevant what, what the moon is doing to earth. Because that's the purpose of the moon. So in that context you could say, that's what he means. I'm just saying literally, it doesn't, right. see, the language here. And then that's, that's easy to understand. But he's using the muscle to explain the, the, the ruchnis. How would you translate, even with the angle? I mean, even with the angle, the what, one what half is still full. No, in other words, he's saying is, 
that in its context of its angle to the earth no, no, no. The angle to the earth sometimes it shows, sometimes it doesn't shine. That's what the second half means. It doesn't mean the really the physical second half of the moon. Because if it shines, the moon is always half right, half not. It's only the angle. So what does he mean here? He can't say he means that the dark side sometimes is bright and sometimes less bright. That's, you can't, if, you say, if, he, if he means that, then it, it does. It, 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 he could. To let, let, technically, it sounds like that, but, but it sounds better that uh, that uh, that he probably means the angle. So, in other words, one the, the even even let's put it this way: the side that's complete, even when we see the first quarter, there's still a part of the sun that's the moon that's always shining, except we don't see it. It's always dark. And always and also shining. Which half? It depends which half. Anyway. Are we not communicating here? Okay, so you have to say what you heard. You have to say it means angle, right? Is that what you're saying? Is there another way to interpret it? Let no. Let's first. He's right now talking the muscle. Listen, the muscle in the example. He's not talking the nimshal. In the muscle, you have to say. I'm trying to explain a line here that you read it literally. It it seems. And, and I don't know if we understand. Literally, I don't know if the literal meaning is correct. I may be wrong. I'd like to hear maybe from some people who did little Kiddush uh, uh research. Because what he says here is, again, I'll read it again. Here's how we learn. You, you ask me how we, how we learn? Here's how you learn. You read the letters, Pshat. You try to understand Pshat, and you try to understand. So he says, Neida, it's known that the moon divides into two halves. The higher part of the moon, physical moon now, that faces the sun, it's always shining from the sun. That's clear. It's like a mirror. Here, moon, sun. Complete. Now there's another half. The moon is not a flat surface. The moon is a circle, it's a sphere. Right? Since it's a sphere, there's another half. The other half of the circle, that is facing the earth, sometimes shines and sometimes doesn't shine so if you read this literally it sounds like that one, that one half of the moon is always shining and another half of the moon sometimes shines sometimes doesn't shine that's what it sounds like but when he says facing the earth there it means the angle I guess you understand that was my problem can you say such a thing it's an infinite amount of, uh, of, 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 of moons you can see now the one that's, that's always bright is the one that's facing the shadows. That's always bright. And the second part is in, in perspective to the, the half we see. Because we always see a half. Is, is, is Very good. We always see a half. The half that we always see is sometimes... So he's not talking about physically the moon itself is, is the second half sometimes shining. The, the, the moon itself is always... One half is always radiating. One half is always dark. But the, the 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 face it shows to Earth right. is sometimes. That's all. I agree. I just wanted to make sure that there's no other way to interpret it. That's all. That's why I'm being so when precise. When we see a moon, some, when it's only half, right? So the other half that's there. But but be, what do you mean by half? What day in the month is it? It's uh, Zion, Zion. So we see the first quarter. We see a first quarter. Yeah. So. so the first quarter. Yeah. That's so the first. Half. Half. It's not a half. Uh, what do you mean a half a moon? Half of the round. Uh, yeah, that's called the first quarter. Right, the first quarter, yeah. 
The next so quarter will. The other, the other half, the other. There are four quarters. The second quarter is the full moon. I'm not talking about the wall. I'm talking about a circle, right? When it's full, it's a circle, right? Right. So now when it's only a half a circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seven day seven. Fine. The other, the other half that we don't see. Yes. Of that circle. It's like turning. It's turning. Same side of the moon. Yes. Are we not? It's just gonna. No, we're not. No. No. It's the only they have. What? We always we always can see a, a complete moon if you if it was if you see a moon sometimes it's not. What I'm asking is no 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 I'm not talking about the light. There's a a, ba- a ball out there in the sky that is there. You'll only see when the light of it. We'll see in phases. But 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 what I'm asking is, is because light, something is turning. Is the light moving onto the moon? So that's why we keep seeing more and more. No, the angle the angle is now facing. It's like it's like it's like facing. Let's think of it like a mirror. If you're in the perfect position, you see a perfect. The sun is here, the moon is here, the earth is here. That's a full moon. If the if the if uh, that would be an example of a full moon. Okay. But if the moon, it's not always a triangle like that. Right. It's either not a triangle or the moon itself spins. Oh, that's a So think of that. It's relevant. It depends how you really interpret it, but it doesn't matter. The earth could be spinning. The bottom line is, as it spins, so you're still, so what you're now seeing, the angle is missing. You don't have the full angle, so you don't see the full light. But the, but the moon itself is always full for some angle. What does the word Meir mean? That it shines to us, no? No, so he said, no, so that what he's saying is no. The face of the moon toward the sun is always complete. You're just not there to see it. Right, so that's always fine. That, that's one side. Then the face of the moon to us Sometimes we see, sometimes we don't see. That's what he's saying. What's an eclipse? When the moon oh, is exactly between sun and earth. Yeah. Then it's totally clear. Yeah. It's always on the Tetzbov. It's always on the 15th of the month, by the way. What? It's always on the 15th of the month, an eclipse, for yeah, this reason. It's not like a real yeah. eclipse one, it's total eclipse. Total eclipse is like this. No, you can have a total eclipse. Why can't you have a total eclipse? No, I think total eclipse is happening. What's that, a total eclipse of the sun or of the moon? Of the moon. The sun. There is a, the eclipse of the sun. It's a different story. Yeah, what? the eclipse of the of the moon is always on the fifteenth of the month. What's an eclipse of the moon? The sun. We we're, the earth is here. The sun is here, and the moon is here. Yeah, right. The earth blocks the rays of the sun. And that's supposed to be a negative. So sometimes it's like on the fifteenth of the month, and you won't see any moon for about an hour, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. You, or you'll see a, a very a little halo around it. Around the dark. Depends. There's different stages. There's pictures of it. You can look what a lunar eclipse is. Anyway, let's continue here. We don't like these things. What about a solar eclipse? How is that? Do we like solar eclipses? Yeah. But we don't like blue. Okay, I can understand. This is a Gemara. It's not my guess. Um, okay. Vachetzeh beishek nei chol asmol pam meira pam meina meira. The besefa chedesh chetzi kadra tach nechoshuch. Here, at the end of the month, at the end of the month, the lower half of the moon is dark because it's distance from the sun. Because of it's distance from the sun, which means, he, which he, he, no, he means that uh, that it's distance and as far as angle to earth goes. So this, this, huh? And the beginning of the month is the birth of the moon. It begins to radiate, illuminate. Begins to 
radiate also the lower part of the of the of the sphere. And it continues to grow and it radiates more and more. Until middle of the month, that the entire bottom of the of the, the the lower half of the moon is radiating. That's called the full moon. So again, he's not he does not saying that the physical moon is this way. He's saying that he's saying that the angle toward us is completely radiating. That's what you have to say. He means here, even though it's not the language does not sound that way at all. It's being forced based on our understanding of science. That's why... They knew that science. Was, they, knew, they knew that stuff. Way so it's obviously into the science. So. The science of Torah regarding the movement of the planets and the, and the moon is very different than the understanding of science today. It's very different. Not so simple as you think. Yeah. Well, we, we believe that the... That the Earth doesn't move. It's not spinning. It's spinning, perhaps, but definitely not orbiting around the Sun. That the Sun goes around the Earth. No, There's all kinds of letters from the no, Rebbeins. This is not uh, common science today. Yeah. Uh, That's your explanation, but science is I'm sees told, that the. It's not so uncommon. I understand that when they calculate. You're talking to Lubavitchers or scientists? I'm talking. This is, let me finish my statement. Uh, I'm saying the calculation of orbit. When they send rockets and things like that, they calculate both by the Earth going around the sun and the sun going around the Earth. Check or I think what you're saying is fantasy. Huh? I think you're speaking fantasies. No, this is not my own. This you heard from a Lubavitcher or from a scientist? Well, rather, they say the Earth revolves around. Science laughs at this. I don't think they do. No, the calculations. Check one calculation with the other calculation. I know what that means. I've talked to many, many scientists. They, 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 for them, it's a joke. You're talking about Lubavitchers who want to believe that. Yeah. Again, scientists. I've talked to many. You, you could, you could disagree with. And you can say that everything and, and try everything to move relative as Pluto being the, the stationary thing. But everything else, because it, it's relative, it's all relative. What you take so a, a planet. Or whatever it's called, whatever it is, an asteroid, anything you want to take, and you can define that as. Well, bottom line, common scientific theory today is that it's a called a concentric. It's all. Uh, the Earth is not the center of the universe. It just makes it easier. Even the Sun is not the center. There's many solar systems. Basic, basic scientific theory today, which goes against Torah approach, because there's a lot of letters that the Rebbe tries to explain it. And basically, is that that the Earth is the one that's orbiting around the Sun, not the Sun around the Earth. The Torah view on astronomical movements is very, very different than the scientific view. That's why I'm wondering whether what he's saying here is really different than way. Maybe it's not correct the way we're trying to force it. Into the angles because uh, maybe he's saying a whole different this is I think the shita, but I have to check exactly because it's not just angles. He's talking here, he's saying clearly that uh, in the beginning of the month, the other side of the moon, which is uh, this side of the moon, begins to radiate. It's not just a movement of the moon. That's what he's saying here. And it's further away. This, I mean, I'm telling you, this is different than I think it's different. You could probably force it into this, but I I, I don't think it is. The way he's interpreting it here 
is that, especially now that we just read, he said, uh, that also the other side of the moon, meaning that the side, the Chetzekadra, the side of the moon that faces us, also begins to shine. So you could say that means the angle begins to reach us. Fine. Then he says it continues to grow till the middle of the month when the whole lower part of the moon shines. So does he mean the moon or does he mean the angle of the moon to us? From the literal interpretation, it sounds like the moon is shining. It sounds like, literally, that when the full moon means that now the dark side that is always dark is now shining. shining. It's sometimes dark, right? The dark side has become now a shining side. And I think, according to modern science, that would not be the case. The way to be the case would be the dark side is always the dark side. The light side is always the bright side. The only difference is it turns. How much do we see and, the ang- and it's an angle. Because the problem is, and the nimshal is going to be the problem. Because what happens with the hay spheres, the lower spheres, what does it mean? Like, let, let's read now the, 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 the moral of this. The example a bit above, the five higher spheres in Malchus are always radiating, it, radiating from Zah. Okay? No, the higher part of Malchus is always bright. The Hain Lamailam Bhinis is Lapsud Biyah. And that level is higher than manifest in Biyah. Omnum Bhinis Ha Malchus Amislabesus Maspasesis Bibiyah. However, Malchus as it dresses and clothed and, and extends into Biyah, Bhinis Haste Aspiris Achrenis. Are like the low five are the five lower spheres, Shabbat within Malchus, Ukedugmas, Khetzi Kadra Tahtan. Like the the second, the lower half of the moon, Shabalavana in the moon, Shekinegat Khalaelam that faces the earth. Ukumoid Bilavana, just like in the moon, the Aina Khele Kazem Meir Bishlemus, Rak Bechetzia Khedish, just like the moon. This part of the moon does not shine, does not illuminate completely only half at the half only in mid month, only in the middle of the month. Vaelam Godl. I'm sorry, Ukumai Kane Bhinis Malchus Bechetzia Tahtan, the same thing Malchus in its lower half. The five lower spheres, Shemispashit Bibiyah, that go into Biyah. Eina Eir Meir Rakbet Simpson Vehelam Godel. The energy only radiates in a very, in a very um, concentrated, very co- contracted, concealed, and hidden way. Very strong Simpson and Helam. Pchinsacharayim Vechetsein Slavad. Only the outer and the, and the external part of it. So the truth is, actually, when you think about it this way, it's saying it biyah. How Malchus goes into biyah, it, it's a very concealed thing. When it comes to full moon, it becomes revealed. So you could interpret it actually in the moral that this is the angle. It's just the language is very much like almost as if the, the, the lower half of the moon is now becoming illuminated. But you have to say here, the lower half of the moon means the lower half as it shines toward us. That's how I would have to say it is. So when we see the dark, so bottom line, what it comes down to this. When we see a full moon, Malchus is then being filled up with energy. The Malchus that's within existence. The Malchus that faces earth, which means the Malchus that's within existence is now shining. When we don't see the moon, only the Malchus that faces Atzillus, that faces the sun, Zah, is shining. That's basically how it works. 
That's how I would say. So full moon expresses how Malchus is 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 um, reflecting the sun, even in this and and the rest of the time. So Chetzeni Sam Malchus basically is usually dark, and then by the full moon it gets bright. Okay. Fine, you could interpret it this way. Okay, so all this back and forth, I was just trying to see the words here. It's all about the angle toward us. Fine. The gam shemachaya kola elmes. Even though, and even though this malchus energizes and sustains all the worlds, the energy comes only in an external way. Because it doesn't radiate there, the inner. The air, the, in, 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 the air does not really there in an internalized way. And what's then therefore the full moon? Means that, that all the ten spheres of Malchus are radiating, are illuminating. It's also the five lower spheres. Are illuminating and shining, glowing. Literally a revelation. Not like it's usual, concealed. Mm-hmm. Actually, it works very well because bottom line is there's a part of the moon which is part of Malchus that's facing Atzilus, faces Zav Atzilus. That's always primus, like he said. That's internal. It's always a, it's always has revelation. Then there's Malchus as it manifests in Biyah. That means how Malchus faces us. It's almost like you know you could say it's like this, like a student. Like I told you, there's a student of a teacher who's teaching lower students. So the teacher is the sun, the first student is the moon, then there's us, the next level recipient. When the teacher, when the student is facing his teacher, he's learning. The student can't hear this. The, the lower level student, the third level can't, because he's now listening to his teacher. I did the Torah Lemivli. He's busy receiving. That part of the, that's Malchus, Primius Malchus. That part is always receiving from the sun. It's always illuminated. We are not. Then that teach student turns around and turns to us and starts explaining to us. A little would be the beginning, right? The full moon, he's, we have the full, he's a full explanation. So now we're getting the transmission all the way that he's, that he's been getting all the time. We're getting it sometimes. So this part, how Malchus faces Biyah, how it manifests in Biyah, sometimes it's concealed, sometimes more revealed, sometimes it's a full moon. When it's a full moon, it's getting all the ten spheres. A translator, yeah. Yeah. No, but according to your mushroom, when the translator turns around, he's not getting. He's not getting. He's not getting it. No, but that. But, but the, he's always illuminated. Correct. Yeah, because he's always connected. Yeah. That's fine. That that was why I was being medayik in the lashenis here. It's correct. It's true. Um, but but it does, that part doesn't work in the nimshul. Yeah. The nimshul you wouldn't say that because premius malchus is always getting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somewhere else it may say. That when Chutzen Samachus is getting radiated, Primus Samachus maybe is, when, when it's being transmitting to Biyah in a very revealed way. But you could say either way. That's why I said that's a literal interpretation. But if you think about it conceptually, it's, it's the angle at the end of the day. No, I know, I know what you're saying. That's what I said before. That it no, sounds so like. Why the Rebbe Shabbat is trying to say that there's one part that's always waiting. Rebbe Shabbat uses these words. It has to the, be something we don't see. So what's your point? No, but that doesn't stem in science. That's no, not no, pa- no, pa- physically. I don't think the Rebbe Shabbat was that unsophisticated in science. This is actually from the Siddur of the Mitla Rebbe. You're, you're wrong about this because 
If that's the case, that's what all the scientists say. The whole theory is unsophisticated from their point of view because it does not consistent. We believe the Earth is 5,773 years old. We believe that this that this the Earth goes around the Sun goes around the Earth. This these are these are ideas that any scientist will tell you today will be debunked. This is Copernic, Copernicus, Galileo. That's what you say because you're a religious Jew. But scientists will say to you that that this is primitive thinking of the Middle Ages and it was long ago not accepted otherwise. You can come and say that they have no proof, but that is common science. You can't say that's not what common science. It's not correct. You open up any, go online. And, okay, fine. So you, but, but, but don't tell me that. I'll, so then you're saying the scientists are primitive and the middle of Rosh is sophisticated. Yeah, but they don't try to fit this. But, 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 but if you ask scientists today, that's what they're going to say. Go to Google and look. Ask them how they understand these things. It's very, it contradicts Taylor perspective because the Rebbe, many places, will say that we believe that the earth does not turn. Edits la elamemedas, that the earth does not turn. I'm no problem. I'm not. I'm not here to advocate. I'm just saying. But don't deceive yourself into thinking that scientists think like you do. Can I say that? Hmm? Yeah, in One of the bias. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't, you didn't say that. You, you didn't say well, that some people means. No, maybe on its own orbit it may spin. Of course not. But that's the center. That's what we define as loud. Well, he's convinced of this. No. 100. I'm quite the same. I'm not just on one leg with this. I spent many, many years looking into this. So, all the scientists are wrong, and you're the only one that's right. No, you could take it. Probably anybody with a, with a deep theory of science could say you could look at it in my way. That's all. How come nobody says it that way, however? I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. I have no problem if you say that you want to go with it. I have no problem if you say, what's that one saying? I have no problem. If, if, you did not have, if you did not have a Torah or a Rebbe, would you also say what you're saying? Or this is based on... I'm just saying, I'm can saying look at it perfectly I know the Rebbe's letters, but... Look at it in the way the Torah is playing. That's much more than the the Rebbe defends the Torah way, obviously. But you're saying, would you say this if you wouldn't have a Torah and God? Right, exactly. So maybe, so maybe you're biased. Maybe you're biased. I have no problem if it's based on Kabbalah sale and, uh, no, and accepting the Rebbe. Based on relativity. You, you really think you're speaking relativity now? Sure. Really? Yes, 100%. Would you be subject yourself to sit down with a, a real scientist? No, and, and, uh, I don't know. Okay, so that is a problem. So you sit, to speak at this table, it sounds very nice. But, but it's uh, true, what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> the problem is you're going to have very difficulty... Um, explain and, and convincing, or more importantly, even the people will laugh at you, even though your understanding of theory of relativity. I have tried this. Trust me, I don't think you. But you're speaking of relativity. I'm preaching to the choir, as they say. I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you, but uh, you know, the bottom line is everybody trusts science until it comes to something you don't want to trust. That. Look, I, I don't need to be so passionate as you guys because I have no problem saying I don't I don't get it. You feel you got it? Fine. 
I, I, my studies of the theory of relativity did not yield. I could not understand it. It's a, the theory of relativity because you don't know what you're talking about theory of relativity. You're talking like a child between you and me. You make it sound like relativity is that two things are turning. That's not. The, where does Einstein say such a thing? You show me Einstein's... And Einstein never talked about that. That's, that's, that's a very uh, primitive interpretation of theory of relativity. That's, that's, a, a that's like that. saying, if you're in a train, in a car, you don't know which one's going. That's not the theory of relativity. That's Einstein's theory of relativity? You need Einstein to know that? You need Einstein to know that? Two horses once were moving. And, one, and you don't know which one. We need Einstein to tell you. That's Einstein's theory of relativity. But you know something? It's not his theory of relativity. It's not a special theory of relativity, which I do know, happen to know. And you, really, you don't even hear words like this. It doesn't even talk about that. Now, you want to apply and say that... They can, yes, it, that's technically, obviously, you can say many things. But you know, today, uh, scientists have one thing going for them that you and I don't. They have, have made calculations and got man on the moon. They have made calculations that are, are reaching millions of miles. Their calculations are based on scientific theories. So you can say those theories are wrong and you have another way, but you can't suddenly come... It, to me, it's like someone... Listen, chassidus, I, I, I have a certain experience in. So if someone comes and doesn't know chassidus, I'll stand my ground. But if someone knows chassidus, and I respect experts, and I see that they're able to do certain things based on their theory, to just come and suddenly come and say, I'm sure the different theory, you'd have to then demonstrate. You get a man... A million, you get our spaceships out in the place and out in the solar systems with your theories, then we'll talk no, business. No, 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 no. They have, they, there's a problem. I'm not saying their, their knowledge it does make a difference. You know, kind of calculations, it's not correct. It's not correct. I heard this from many times, it's not correct. It's all based on the Copernicus and Galileo was not just theoretical. There's major different scientific conclusions. It's not correct. It's not correct. It's not, it's not correct. Shurim. The difference is not words. It's not semantics. The difference comes down in, not in cal- mathematical calculations that result in different results. Okay, that's what you're saying, and I tell you otherwise. Ask anyone that worked in and the, knows something about uh, outer space travel and stuff like that. It's absolutely different. It's not just theoretical. It doesn't make a difference if the moon. I'm talking about getting a, a, a spaceship. To work with, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about Kiddush HaKedush. I'm not talking about Kiddush HaKedush. I told you. If, if, if someone, if I see somebody making a good... No, no. You're talking, your, your, your faith is very admirable, but your science is not. Let's put it this way. Okay? You know, so let, me, let me tell you like this. Let me say this. Let me say this. If I saw a doctor, a doctor, actually do a heart transplant and save a person's life, and he has a theory that's opposite to his theory in doing that. And then you tell me his theories are false. And I tell you, you do a heart transplant, and you do one, but you kill the person. Oh. Who do you think theories I'm going to follow? But, but let me tell you something. This, this perspective... This, you don't like to hear this, what I just said. Because it's wrong. This perspective that I'm... So all that science is doing... I never said that. They're all doing great things. They're doing great things. But it's based on calculations that they're... That's and their theories. Calculation. Okay, that's what you're saying. They say no. Okay, with all due respect. You're telling me what they say? What? Yeah, yeah. Why do we they total, they utterly reject this for many reasons. Because they have their proofs. You don't have to accept the proofs. You have your theory of relativity, you think. Okay, it's childish. What can I tell you? It's very childish. You have their proofs that are based on, not all are non-believers. They have their proofs. Their proofs. They, they don't have a Torah and a Rebbe to, to do, that's why I asked you if you would say otherwise. You're dealing, you, you're, you're taking faith and putting it into science. And to me, that's very un- 
on uh, that's no, uh, that's not until that's not until there's plenty because you know nothing about these calculations. You throw me a theory of relativity. These calcula- there is there is today a sub-sophisticated understandings of astronomy that are based on these theories. You don't like the theories, fine. But their theories are resulting in, in evidence of certain things. You can come and say, you can come and say, I will, I will show you all those conclusions based on my theories, but you have to do that before you talk. And you have not done that, so don't talk. That would be to me like somebody who's, who's, a, who's a master of a certain thing and is proving, you could say I have a different, but then you'd have to spend time and prove it in, in a different way, that's it. And, and you haven't done that. You're sitting at a table here with people, including myself, that don't know anything about science. And I, I just like to be intellectually honest. Now, I'm saying it for the record. Because but you're saying, to me, that's one of the biggest turnoffs. It's You're not speaking science, you're speaking as a believer. And you're convincing yourself that it's science. You decided that. So why do all these scientists don't accept this theory? They, they, they why, why, if it's so not clear, why is it so? Well, you so simple for them, it's not. They, why do they just say that? What I'm saying is not changing the calculus. No, no, but why do they? Why? But why do they insist? Why do they insist then? It's more convenient for them. Why is it more convenient? It's more convenient to say that that the Earth goes around. Why is it more convenient? Tell me why. But why is it more convenient? Explain to me why. Because why? Why is it more convenient? Because it's, it's, it's easier to express that. You can express it. That's the whole thing. It's a matter of language. It's an easier way to say it. Yes. <laughs> Do me a favor. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go further. You got it figured out. I, I totally disagree with you. Okay. It's gesundheit. I don't. Can we? Can we continue the shoot tonight? I'm going to continue now. You want to stay? Stay. If you don't want, don't. Should I tell you? Um, I like to stay. I'm not telling you what to do, but uh, you know, I don't tell anyone when to come. I don't tell anyone when to leave. We in the chemistry, okay. So, so he says like this: We in the chemistry, so that's what a full moon means. That the whole moon is full. And it's true. I don't think that... I, I, I still think you could explain this with an angle. It's not... I, told, I, told, I just spoke about it for half an hour. And I said to you the language, but, it doesn't, but, but there's an element here that's not, that you could still interpret the other way because he's saying it's re- relation to Biyah. He's saying relation to Biyah. And you have a very big problem. This, the moon is a sphere. How could a sphere be sometimes full and sometimes all full and sometimes half? Explain to me. I don't think he's saying that. It's hard for me to believe that's what he would be saying because it doesn't make any sense. Because uh, you're saying, because we're literally saying that sometimes it's half of it is always and sometimes all of it. How is that possible? And you have to say the sun is like piercing the moon to a point where the whole moon suddenly becomes an illuminating thing. I don't even know that's the Jewish theory in astronomy. We have to check. I don't think anyone says that. Huh? Yeah, that's that's why I don't think he means that. He means it in the context that it's full in context of it's how it's manifesting in biyah. Unless it's a sun, if it's a reflection, a sun could be. A sun could be. Yeah, no, that would be. If you could ask someone, could ask him. Do me a favor, ask him how he learned this. Can you can you check on that? Can you do that homework? Really? Because I really want to know how do they learn this uh, this piece. It's really from the Siddur, from the Mitla Rebbe. But it's the same idea. How would they learn this piece? You know, I just want to know, because if there is an astronomical view of the Tera in this, I want to just know what it is. Then we could fit. I'm not sure. 
I'd like, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Then we'll see. If, if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There may be another theory. I can't see it, because if this is a ball and this is a ball, and according to Kilchus for sure they're balls, they're not flat. So how could, there's no mathematically impossible. It's like, unless, unless the sun and moon come to earth, even if they were right here, this, if this is facing here, this is facing here, then how is this, you know, it doesn't seem possible. You know, can you check? Let me know. Let me just finish here. Uh, and then when there's a full moon, also the transmission that transmits Malchus into Biyah also comes in a primis, meaning it's the whole thing is shining all the ten spheres, so it's also internally, not just only the outer and the external. Like he says, like all this is explained in the Siddur, the Bitla Rebbe, Yoshis Kegiber, which means Yoshis, um, huh? he, oh, Yoshis Kegiber, he, uh, what's Yoshis mean? Yoshis means he, I think he sprouts. Um, Yoshis Kegiber, like a, like a strong person. Lorit's Eirach means that he runs the full length. No, 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 yeah, this is the possibility of saying In Davin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoshis Kegiber means that he. He's excited, very happy. Yoshis from the word sos? The sus from the word sus, like yeah. simcha, yeah. so like a, like a like a powerful person. Lorutz Eirich, he runs the marathon with passion, and when he wins the marathon, he's very he's, he's very happy. So he's saying that this all is explained there. This whole thing. And this is the Bimei Shlema. This is why in the days of Shlema, Kaima Sirah B'Shlemusa, the moon was full. The fisha Hayyadir Tezvav Lavram. Because was the 15th generation from Avram, Hoya Ozman Mila so like the 15th generation, he was the time of full moon, The energy radiated in all the ten spheres, the Malchus, and that in turn, to, to the point that this down below, had the, the divine revelation the literally. The radiated, reflected the, the Panemius. He just didn't use the word Panemius, so it became like the Panemius, exactly like the Panemius. The Panemius, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all the ten spheres. The Malchus radiate. Also, the five. Also, the five lower ones are elevated, basically. Or kamei bebeis amigdash, like in the temple. Sheigil eden sef mamish, where there was literally divine revelation. Bebeis amigdash, by dezeh hayagil gam beelam. And through that, there was also the revelation down on earth, here on the earth. Gam beelam, not also in the world. The commission is barley el pedik kufiyadalaf, like we learned before chapter one eleven. The kolos aveda hayaz bechin sedia v'shmiya. That the general work then, the general Aveda was in the form of seeing and hearing. We discussed at length when Malchus falls. That's in Golos. But Malchus upright is in the time of Bishamidish. That's when they saw and they heard. They perceived godliness, the, the actual personality of godliness. Because the light, the energy radiated in, in a revealed way in their souls. As it's known, the three stages, the three like three tchufas, three years, three periods of uh, three periods of shleimus of completion. Adam, David, Mashiach. Shein Roshetevus Adam. There are three stages. Adam, David, Mashiach. This Roshetevus Adam is Aleph, is Adam. Dalad is David. Mem is Malch, is Mashiach. 
It's an acronym for the word Adam. The Adam Adishim Kaidim Achato Yigilei Nisaf Lamata. By Adam Adishim before the sin, like we learned earlier, the Gilei of the divine revelation below. Kad Isa B'Medrashnabashidashidim, like it says, B'Medrashnabashidashidim Al Pasuk Basiligani, famous Basiligani. Ikrishkinu B'Tachtonim Haya. That the primary Shechina was down below. The divine presence was down on earth. Adam was able to see from one end of the world to the other. But Eshin, he would be a magician with his energy light that shined the first day. That was the revelation of the infinite divine light. To be a magician, be gematria keser. first day. Gematria is the gematria of keser. So that was already a light from the world of keser. Like will be lost in the future, she gilead and of Lamata, the divine revelation will be below. That the, the glory of God will be will be revealed, and all flesh will see it. Eye to eye, we will see in a total revelation. The same thing is by the base that they saw literally the divine godliness below. All this is not according to the cosmic order in the flow. Makava Mida is the is the measuring rod or the measuring stick, the measuring kav uh, um, line. Yeah, Makava Mida that measures like a, like a ruler that measures the flow because this is the closer who because general energy the way it manifests in existence as we learned at length. Is air mitzumtzum? It's a concealed light. Or mitztamtzum is my madrega madrega. It's a progressively um, great, goes through the gradations that are concealed and mitztamtzum gets diminished and concealed from level to level. Achalamata in a mer gilead to the point that below there's no radiate, does not radiate, does not illuminate light. In other words, it's subject to all these uh, concealments. And therefore, what this means that what is the, the, the revelation in Biyah, is only the knowledge that there is existence of godliness, but not its pohus. The gamba malachim de Bria, sheyedim asig malakus, even the angels in Bria that know and comprehend godliness, who kiyadua, umabuukamachar, like it's known and explained elsewhere, biinyan elema Bria. About elema Bria, shu yesh adishin, that is the first yesh, shenivra ma'ayin aliki, that was created from the ayin aliki, yesh ma'ayin. So it's the first. Entity that emerged, and there they radiate the ayin. The ayin is sense. They sense godliness. The and bina of Atsilas, that's the higher supernal mother, Makana is wedged in kursaya in the in the kisei in the in the world of the throne, which is bria. Shemusik where they comprehend energy. So there's comprehension. Nevertheless, how he calls up levat. It's still only they know that it exists. Not they know its personality. It's like knowing something was here, and I'm being told that it exists, oh, as opposed to seeing it directly. Oh, because if the gili hamuhus was there, from, from because from the level of uh, no, the revelation of its personality, there would not be, would not be possible. Right. The possible of existence of Rahim. It has to be that that Mahus was concealed and the Metzius is revealed. But Koshkein Lamata, that's even Malachim, even the angels in Bria. And definitely below, Sha'ir Alekiu, Bechinis Helen Behester, that the divine energy is concealed and hidden. Only his souls, because they come from a higher place, have a comprehension of divine. Because they are fundamentally, their fundamental personality is divine. 
but not because of the not because of the level they're on. So in other words, the creature, the fact that create an independent reality has to, is subject is is predicated on a concealment of something of the divine. That's why souls, being that their personality is divine, so even if you throw them into a very dark place, their personality is different. That's why even after Atachas, ultimate concealments and, and, and coverings, they have comprehension of the divine. But also this, even by Neshamis, is also still a form of Yudir Samitzis. No. Malachman Ivraim. The difference is Mashamas come from Machshava, Malachim come from Dibur. Remember I explained what a Nivri is. Everything comes from God. The question is how much of the godly personality does it retain? A Malach is a creature, it's a spiritual creature, but it's a creature. It's like a stone, but in the uh, Ruchnis. It doesn't doesn't reflect godliness, doesn't uh, not, not the same way. Malach is not Ayr. A Malach is a Shliach, a Malach is a Nivra. Look, even the spheres of Bria are already a form of Yesh. They're still Gedusha. But they don't have a Mishnah. Like a Malach is what it says. It's a Sikhdim What keeps a sense? It's energy. Everything is energy. We learned before, Malach is like it has, has Ma'ain Guf. It has like a Dak. has a Lavush Dak. If there's three different stages of Malach, there are different levels. Yeah. So, that's also only But the personality of the divine is not comprehensible to the creatures. And even the souls of Even there it says by Mesha, I'll show you my back. Like it says in the occasion, and that that Dibra well, moving the parentheses the edge, Shom, and moving there from that to Gersh Hakedish, Kuntasachim, Shazob Bchinus Hametzias. That Achirai seeing the back is a form of Metzias. Ponei, he says Ponei Loyero, Shubchinus Hamuhus Loyero. The Ponei, which is the personality of the divine, that you'll not see, you cannot see. Uber Gersh Hakedish Da Eita Er, and another Gersh Hakedish is the Ibrahim Maschel Eita Er Kesalmo. Mashma the Verisas Achirus Hamuhus Bchinus Achiraim Dechochme. A little different. That the Rishas Achai back is the is the mahus of the outer dimension of Chochmah. So it is the personality. And that's the navelis Chochmah Shalmayla, meaning the the navelis is the leftovers, the the drippings, right? So so it's in other words a little higher, but it's still Acharayim of Chochmah. And Primi would be the Primis of Chochmah. And look there in the Kuntas Achim, in Hamitzvahs, we limit halachas to say this Hamitzvah. About mitzvahs and the learning of halachas and the secrets of the mitzvah. Basically, different levels of revelation, but at the end of the day, it's not Panay, it's not Mahus. The Nisham is beginning, the Nisham is singing Mahus Aziv, the Nisham is singing that comprehend the personality of the reflection, Zeoziv, Teiros, and Vavidosan. That is the reflection of the Teira and the Vedic, which is because the Daba Midbar Sinai. In other words, he's answering, he's asking questions. They do understand the muhus. That's not because of, on their own, because that came through their Tater and Aved. Understand? Nivroim on their own are somewhat independent entities. The divine essence has to be concealed. The divine personality has to be concealed. Malachim only know the Metzius of Elikus. Neshamis, even as they go down, still retain a comprehension. 
but also mainly the mitzvahs. That's in a goof, but once they're in Gan Eden, but also Gan Eden is still bria. It's still not atzilus. So he's saying because of the Torah and Aveda, like he says, look at the Torah. Shalde Torah nimshu bechinus muhusa lekus, because through Torah they got something they didn't have on their own. He gave them the personality of lekus. Vehi anesanus keich letzadikim shiuch lekabel seir, and that gives the power to tzadikim that they should be able to contain the energy. Like he says in Tanya, So that's what... Te- Look, the goal is not to remain concealed. The goal is obviously to climb the ladder. But what transmits Al-P, the order of the cosmic order, meaning not when you throw Teda in or other things, it's only the existence alone of godliness. And like he said, Adam, by Adam, the beginning of creation, and David, by Samigdash, and, and, and Mashiach, that they have, they saw actually the personality of godliness below. That's the full moon. Yeah, yeah, like he says, the, 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 they saw more than more than a Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about more, but uh, yeah, to this yeah, yeah. But pastors, yeah. Uh, and shomers without without Yeah, yeah. And all these transmissions and revelations below all comes through malchus. And being that time of Shlema, there was a full moon, that there was a revelation also in the lower five spheres of Malchus, meaning also in the outer dimension of the moon, also became full. This is also not according to Ishtalshul. That's also not the orderly progression. Because in the orderly, only the five higher spheres, that's where they have the inner... Uh, uh, energy. The lower five spheres. That's how the moon is usually. It's a limited, it's a concealed, it's a diminished light. Meaning it's only the outer energy, Levad, alone. That came in many concealments and hidden in order that there should be a Mitzvah, there should be an existence of an independent, an independent entity. Only from a revelation that's from higher than the cosmic order, it's transmitted, it drew down the energy and the revelation in such a way, that also outer Malchus is like the inner Malchus. That's why also below there was a revelation of the personality of the divine. That's Kaimasir Shemus, and that's what Yaakov achieved, which we're going to learn in a moment. This is what in the next chapter. Let's do the Kitzur, Vapar Diskosov, Matseva Yichot Teferis Amalchus. The Pater says that Matseva, the, the pillar that, that Yaakov erected and just put upright, is the Yichot, the unity of Teferis Amalchus. That's the idea of the full moon. The ten spheres divided into five higher, inner. And five lower outer, two states of Tiferes, two manifestations of Tiferes. Also in Malchus, in every sphere you have these two. Also in Malchus you have the inner dimension that radiates always from Zah, which means it's facing the sun, it's always receiving that. And the outer dimension of Malchus which manifests in Biyah, that's concealed. And 
And Kaimus of full moon means that also the outer will radiate the energy. And it should radiate below. As it was before the sin, as it will be in the future. And how it was, and, and that's how it was in the time of the temple, the holy temple. Today we only have the revelation of Mitzias, meaning that it exists, but not the Gamba and the even the highest, even the higher souls. The face, the personality, they do not see. You will not see. Yeah, with the teriyah. Anoponai, but definitely muhus. V'yigile analo b'chinus gilei muhus, and the revelation that that was that's higher than the shlalshul. That's the revelation of the personality, inner personality, and all this is coming to explain what Yaakov accomplished. So we did chapter one thirteen, page two eighteen through two twenty.